Mr. Castle. Mr. Margulies. How you doing, buddy? How are you, sir? Good. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear you. Are we live? We are live right now. We are recording. Recording live. (laughs) To be listened to, not live. (laughs) Later to be edited. Yeah. So, what's up, man? I miss you. I miss you, too. I miss your musk. (laughs) I miss your... Your voice. <laughs> Wait, I actually, guess this... Li- yeah, this doesn't count. This is this is art- this is uh, digitally recreated. So, what? <laughs> this is digitally reproduced. I, I missed your analog voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this is the uh, the pilot episode. This is a episode. This is the pilot episode of Michael Margulies's trip around the world. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to call this thing yet, um, or even what the focus is for that matter. But I guess we'll see. I guess it'll evolve, and we'll figure out what it is. Well, um, I liked I liked Walk the Earth. I thought it was a good name. Walk the Earth could work. Um, well, let's. I guess let's get into it. Um, well, I... for, for all of our listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all zero of them right now. Yeah. But <laughs> what we what I wanted to do. Um, just as a thought and to give some background between yeah of you and I where how we know each other and then get into you know what inspired this this story so where do, do that. where do we meet elementary school i think yeah uh, i think it was elementary school back in was back in Owens Mills Maryland uh i don't know what year it was we met but or what at some point we became a lot closer i don't know when it was exactly i think it was like i think it was probably in middle school we became close yeah that sounds about right um, franklin and then we franklin middle yeah in in, uh reicherstown maryland yeah so we went and then uh yeah we went to high school and and then uh graduated and went our separate ways that's right you went to you went to university University of maryland Uh uh-huh Studied my chemical engineering there, and um, needed engineering as well. Yep, I went to RPI in, in Troy, New York, and outside of Albany, and got my industrial engineering degree. And then, yeah. I, then I got hired and shipped away to to Boston, and now I'm in Syracuse. And you, yeah. Well, so I guess my story was I took the job initially um, with Exxon, and. Fairfax, Virginia, working for their central engineering. And then two and a half years later, I got transferred to Houston. I worked in a refinery for a couple of years until I um, just one month ago uh, left that job. My last day was almost exactly a month ago, a month and a day, August 15th. What, what year did you get transferred to? Uh, um, I got transferred Houston. to Houston and uh, the beginning of 2011. Okay. So I spent two and a half years in each location. Gotcha. Um, but I guess so. The, some background to what got me to where I am. Yeah. Was you know there's a point in time when, um, you know, I, I, here I am. I've got a good job, well-paying career. Um, I had all the things you're supposed to want to make you happy, and I I still felt like something was missing. Um, 
And so I've been trying to figure that out. Spent some time in Peru uh, about a year ago in September of 2012. And when I got back from that trip, I did feel kind of inspired. In fact, I can go even further back than that. Uh, even one year after my working in a, the real world, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, like in summer of 2009 is when I went on my first backpacking trip to Europe. And that's the first time I met um, yeah. people that weren't just on a two-week trip like I was. Um, sorry, there's some background conversations also. I'm uh, nope. actually using Wi-Fi in my friend Andy's house. Cool. Where, um, and where are you right now? I'm in Goa. Uh, it's a beach sort of uh, state in India. Uh, it's really nice. Uh, I'll get to that, though. <laughs> no, that's uh, just to give context to the yeah. background noise, that's all. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, um, so but back, yeah, but back to 2009, 2009 yeah. I had you know, met people that were not just backpacking, not just taking a vacation for two weeks, but were, you know, um, just traveling for a few months. Uh, hold on a second. What's up? We're going to go back to that field. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can move outside. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. I am being asked to move outside. These guys are going to go and do laughter yoga, actually. Laughter yoga. Um, okay. Um, so give me one second. Uh, I'm going to relocate. No problem. We're back. Um, All right. We're back from our pause. Michael. Yeah, sorry about that. I had to relocate. Um, I guess that's part of being abroad is you're not just at home with your normal Wi-Fi connection and can go in a room and close it. I'm kind of figuring it out as I go along. So I'm borrowing Wi-Fi from a friend I made. Um, and so I had to leave his house because he was leaving. So now I'm on his balcony. Nice. <laughs> that's cool. Um, Hopefully it doesn't yeah. rain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm covered. I have a covered uh, area here. Okay. So it should be good. Um, but so, yeah, I guess that's part of it, right? <laughs> exactly. This this is it, man. No no worries. So uh, yeah. I'm just trying to try to get you back into the mindset where you were before. Um, yeah. Pre- I think I was talking about 2009 going uh, backpacking in Europe. I went on a two-week trip throughout Europe and – that was the first time I met people that were doing the whole, not just a two week vacation, but you know, actual, this is my lifestyle. I'm just, or I'm traveling for several months. And I thought to myself, you know, someday that's going to be me. Um, and when I went to fast forward now back to a year ago, 2012, September, when I was in Peru, uh, while I was there, I kind of came out of that trip thinking, you know what? Um, basically now's the time. Um, I need to do this experience. And not only that, there was a question in my mind for a while is, do I take a break from work and take six months off a year, whatever I need, and then come back? Uh, or do I, you know, leave outright? And what I kind of, uh, decided coming out of Peru was, you know, I need to, I need to jump without the rope because my goal here is, um, is that on my end? Oh yeah. There's a little motorbike. Yeah, kind of pulling up. Um, you know, my goal here isn't to take a break and go back to my job. My goal is to really change the trajectory of my life. Um, and I think about what I really want to do. Ultimately, I want to be an entrepreneur, start my own business, or maybe a few of them. Um, my goal isn't to take a break and go back. And so it just became... Um, 
it became clear to me that if I really am serious about that, then I need to fully commit myself to it. And that was when the decision was made. Uh, I think. Que- now, question. Um, so the so your motivation. Authentic sounds here. <laughs> no, I like the sounds. It sounds pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> it's a little scooter bike. I rented one yesterday. It's fun. That's awesome. Um, I'd love. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> I, I just wanted to to know. So you're so the what made you make this change was something inspirational, not something in your day to day life where you said, "Oh crap, what am I doing?" This is well, this is kind of like a a planted thought that you've has been dwelling in your mind for several years. It sounds like. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it wasn't like a spur of the moment thing. Um, I had been thinking about this for yeah some time. Okay. Uh, you know, like I said, the first seed was back in 2009 when I first sort of went on a backpacking style sort of, or fast packing rather trip. Uh-huh. They call it. Um, and then, yeah, over time the idea grew. And then finally, uh, you know, it just became obvious to me that this is what I need to, I need to try this out because if I don't do this now, I probably never will. And I'll always look back and think, what if, and if I do it and I fail, uh, you know, I believe I can always get myself back to pretty much where I was, uh, find, you know, could find another engineering job, get back into a career path, traditional career path. If I really want to, um, I don't really see that happening though. Who knows what the future will bring, but, well, um, so, so let, let me ask you on that topic. What, so you said you, you, you thought about being an entrepreneur and, and getting into something different. What, what do you foresee yourself getting into if not the same engineering field of working for a tier, you know, top 10 company in the, in the world, if not top number, number one, fortune uh, one company, yeah. for, fortune one, <laughs> maybe comp- fortune two, depending if Walmart's ahead right now. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, fortune one, he refer he's referring to Exxon mobile uh, corporation, yeah. uh, which is the, largest oil company in the world and largest all, company or <laughs> just company straight up. <laughs> um, maybe Walmart's bigger. I don't know if they go back and forth, but, uh, regardless it's up there. So yeah. instead of working for a top tier employer in the world, you know, what, what do you foresee possibly stemming from the future as a job, from a job standpoint, from a life lifestyle standpoint? Well, <clears throat> um, well, I don't know exactly what it will be yet. Um, I think part of this, well, there's a few steps to what I'm doing now. The first step is, uh, for now I'm going to travel. I'm going to try to relax, enjoy life, step back and smell the roses kind of thing. Um, and just learn about the world, get, uh, perspective that I haven't previously had. Um, that's kind of step one, uh, basically taking a step back. And then step two is going to be, okay, once I kind of get that stuff out of the way, out of my system, um, get my mental space where I want it to be, then it will be, okay, now let me think about uh, starting a business. I don't know what that specifically the idea will be, but I have an idea of some qualities it has to have. I want a business that I can run uh, via the internet from anywhere in the world. So a location independent 
business. Um, so I have this freedom is kind of, uh, you know, a key part of this. Um, it, so actually another ins- source of inspiration for me was uh, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Uh, it's a great book. Um, highly recommend anyone to read it. Um, and he kind of lays out a lot of, uh, interesting ideas there, uh, where you start these kind of, uh, he calls them muses, not even businesses, but these muses you can run virtually from anywhere. And you also heavily automate them. You basically de-bottleneck the business by taking yourself out of the equation. You, um, set up processes, um, so that it can be run without you essentially. That sounds, uh, sounds pretty good. I've never, I've never, I've never read it. I think you mentioned it to me in the past, but I definitely will have to take a look at it. It's really, really good. Um, now it's called the four hour work week, but there is obviously a lot of energy and startup, uh, energy has to go into it. There's a little bird over here. It's uh-huh. joining me, I guess. Um, you know, it'll take a lot of effort to get something started. Um, but the idea is you don't have it so that the job owns you. Um, and ultimately, um, if you get that sort of set up correctly, um, maybe it'll be a few of those things that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's going to truly be a four hour work week or any of that stuff, but, right. um, I want to directionally, I want to kind of free myself, free my time more than it has been, um, set up something that is for myself and that I can run from anywhere. Um, and once I do those things, I mean, I think ultimately what I want to do is find a way to help people. Um, okay. Yeah, it's sort of like a help yourself, then help others. So once I've got my situation under control, then I can refocus my attention and uh, you know figure out a way to make the world a better place, as cliche as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's not cliche. Um, you do it in your own way. Yeah, in some way. And so I'm still figuring out the details of all those things, but this so, is the, the vague idea. So to, so to reiterate, number one is travel. Step one is travel, enjoy, learn, get some perspective on the world. And then, you know, step two would be create some sort of self-sustaining business, hopefully to, that you can travel and also run at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then, then what would be three? Save the world. Save the world. (laughs) (laughs) From what? I don't know yet. (laughs) Its own self-destruction. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's the idea. Um, And so those are all the things that led me to this point and the background, I guess. Um, It didn't hurt also that, uh, you know, a buddy, Schuster, you know, um, he sort of blazed the trail in a sense because he was almost a year ahead of me in this whole thing. He quit his job a year ago and he's backpacked through Southeast Asia and he's actually doing the whole, uh, looking to a startup kind of business right now. So that also didn't hurt. Um, you know, having him as a sounding board and, uh, talking, understanding how this whole thing works as well. So a lot of different things, um, came into this. And so finally, you know, Last past August, I finally pulled the trigger. Um, I put in my notice beginning of August. August 15th, I had my last day of work and went directly from there to the airport. Um, didn't come straight to India. Went back home first to Baltimore. 
um, mm-hmm. slash DC. Um, saw family. I went to my buddy Gary's wedding. Yeah. Um, and uh, which, uh, which was awesome. <laughs> um, I got to be a groomsman there, which was great. Um, it was a good time. And then I saw my family and uh, saw you, saw all the other, all of our other high school crew yep. uh, and of, college friends. It's kind of like a last taste of, you know, your no, what we call in the U.S. a civilized society where <laughs> it's society as we know it, I, I suppose. We grew oh, it's up, still grown up. Civilized. Yeah. It's still civilized. I'm sorry, but I mean, it's society as we know it. What you've grown up with, what you're comfortable with, you know. Well, Western culture, United States, yeah, correct. So it was more so about the, the relationships, though, than about the culture. You know, it's more so. Hey, let me say, spend some time with people because I won't see everyone for some time. Right. Um. But yeah, went went from spent a week back home, then flew to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Where our friend, our other high school friend, uh, Justin Shunick lives. Yep. And um, we went to we went to Burning Man, and uh, that was also a really really cool experience. Um, I don't know if I talked to you about Burning Man yet, did I? No, I I don't know anything about it. I don't know if you want to talk about it here. Or... Let's talk about it briefly. Um, I mean, you know, you basically you go into. Uh, the desert of Nevada for a week and the theme there is radical self-reliance. So you bring everything that you need to survive in the desert for a week. Uh, so you bring all your food, your tent, um, everything you need to survive. Um, but it's just really, and you think beforehand, so people are asking, what are you going to do in the desert for a week? Um, oh man, that is the least of your concerns there. Uh, there is more going on there than in any other place in the world. This whole city kind of springs up, mm-hmm. um, and it lasts for a week. It's massive. And you need a bicycle to get around the place. It'll take you 20 minutes to go from one end to the other on a bike. Wow. Um, absolutely massive. And there's just everything you can think of is there. You'll have, uh, you'll have music. You'll have bars. You'll have restaurants. You'll have an adult playground. Um, you'll hmm. have yoga classes. You'll have lectures, uh, hookah lounges, um, art, interactive art, art cars, um, it's everywhere you turn. There's things to do and see. There's a whole booklet actually of uh, what, where, when. I didn't even look at it. I just went around and just found things. Um, you know, you could relive the same week fifty times and not experience everything. What, um, what would you say is one of the most notable things that you saw? Oh well, the notable, most notable thing is the culture there, and it's the gifting culture mm-hmm. where there's no. So it does cost you money to get there. You know, you buy a ticket, you got to buy a bicycle, buy a tent, pay dues to your camp if you're in one, food, blah, blah, blah. But once you're inside, uh, there is no money exchanged. Uh, there's a strict policy. There is no I didn't see any money whatsoever when I was inside there. Uh, there is only, there's only gifting. So people gift to other people. Um, so you walk into uh, your neighbor across the street street has coffee and they're just giving it to people. Uh, or I brought these, you know, I I brought some head massagers I was giving to people, um, or necklaces. Um, everyone brings something, even with the art itself is kind of considered a gift. So people Hmm. built an art car and that is a, a gift to everybody or people who brought, there is no, you know, centralized event. 
that was planning things with stages or lineups. All the music there was just something somebody brought because they felt like it, all Burning Man is is whatever the people in Burning Man bring. So all the music was just someone decided to set up a stage and have a concert. Wow. So uh, it's, so it's not there's not any formalized structure of performance. Per no, se? none at all whatsoever. It's whatever the people there decide to do. Oh wow. Um, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, and there is a book that will tell you what's going on when, because I guess people tell, I guess they submit to it and say what they want to do. But uh, yeah, it's the people who go bring whatever they want, and so you want to go to when you go to the hookah lounge, you just walk in and sit down. Um, uh-huh. the, and or at one point, I was riding on my bike at night in the middle of what they call deep playa. Uh, that's the, the playa is what they call you know the desert. Mm-hmm. out there um and i'm in deep playa which is far where there's not things are few and far between it's far out from everything yep and came came across a late night diner um, wow and i just sat down and they served me uh served me some food that's awesome and uh, yeah it's it's really really incredible that uh, or I, I if you needed something you know oh I, my mask got lost Oh, my okay. neighbors, oh, I have an extra one. Here you go. You need to wear like a mask and goggles because of the, those dust storms can get crazy. Oh, really? So to protect. Oh, yeah. Were there any dust storms that you experienced? Yeah. I was riding around uh, in the desert and then this, the dust storm kind of um, started going crazy uh, one day in particular. But, you know, it was, it was kind of fun. It was part of the experience. I can't say, um, I can't say I've ever been in a dust storm. It's really fun, actually, because you're like, wow, I'm in the middle of the desert and there's a dust storm going on. <laughs> um, it just feels wild. <laughs> that is cool. Um, and then when the man burns at the end, it's amazing. All the art cars are kind of circled around in a circle and people are inside of the art cars. And the man's burnt, there's fireworks and the man's blowing up. And there's, everyone's just going nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really cool to me was that each art car is, you know, playing music. They're each playing different music though. Right. Um, and to me it was interesting because they're all celebrating the same thing, but in their own way, you know, what, and it was celebrating just the being there and yeah, being there and the man burning, but each one's got different theme music to it, a different kind of way of dancing to it, different way of celebrating the the occasion. And it was kind of like a microcosm of life itself where, you know, all the different religions and cultures of the world, we all have different ways of celebrating and different traditions. Right. But at the end of the day, we're all celebrating the same thing, which is life. Right. Uh, so that was kind of the impression I got from it. Oh, okay. So I thought that was interesting. It's um, pretty wild. Yeah, so Burning Man's really cool. And so I definitely recommend um, anyone who thinks it sounds like their cup of tea, go definitely go then because you won't go and regret it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, after Burning Man, I came straight to India. <laughs> well, what? When was your flight? You flew out of San Francisco to India. Where did you? So you, yeah. So how long was the flight, and where? Where did you arrive, and wh- and when did you get there? Um. So I had a super. I bought my flight with miles I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to save money any way I can. So I had this super crazy flight where I went from San Francisco to Hong Kong to Singapore to Mumbai. And there was a long layover in Singapore in particular. Mm-hmm. So it was like 35 hours total to get here. 
Um, but I didn't really mind. It's, you know, I'm not in a rush. Uh, I don't have, I don't have to be anywhere. Uh, I have you all the time. <laughs> you got time. Time is on your side. As that Time's song. on my side. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so it I is. Just, so I, you know, it wasn't bad. I just, I would hang out. I would read. I would write. I, I had plenty of things to write about. Um, I would just sleep or watch a movie, listen to music. Uh, just enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. And then, then you made your way to. Uh, I <laughs> um, sorry, what? And then you made your way to India from Singapore. Yeah, well, my, so in Singapore, I was I had a layover in the airport for a few hours, right. and then flew to Mumbai. Mumbai. Uh, yeah, Mumbai is the first city I uh, came to in India. Um, huge city, like it, it can take you a couple hours to get from one side to the other, um, and. So uh, first impressions of Mumbai, uh, first thing I noticed was the traffic. Um, the traffic's insane. You know, you've got cars, bikes, there's little tricycle carriage things, uh, pedestrians, and they're all going in every direction. The lanes mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. There's, there's no such thing as lanes, really. So it's just Everyone's, a cluster. It's just crazy. Um, and everyone absolutely lays on their horns the entire time. Um, New York city has nothing on Mumbai. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's absurd. Um, and they don't even, when they honk their horns here, it's not even like, you know, I'm angry at you keep moving. Um, oh, what are you doing? It's like, Hey, I'm here. They just honk to like, let you know that they're here. <laughs> like, literally. Cause if they're passing you, they'll have, you have to honk to get past somebody. Um, oh, wow. it's, it's really crazy. Um, I kind of understood it yesterday. So I'm, not going necessarily chronologically here, but yesterday when I was riding one of the scooter bikes, um, there's no lanes and the roads are really thin, really, um, uh, thin is that the word? Um, and as you're going around bends and you can't see anything, you would honk to let people know, Hey, I'm coming. Cause you don't know what people cruise down the middle of the road and it could be a car that takes up most of the road. Yeah. So it was kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so you're um, fighting for your life as a drive yeah, motorist. Yeah. Um, on a little scooter. And then take that, but this isn't like I'm right now I'm in Goa you know, by the beach and it's kind of like a jungle slash beach. It's pretty amazing. Um, but then, but take what's here, which is more chilled out and multiply it by like, Four billion, and that's Mumbai, and what? it's just—it's it's the most insane traffic I've ever seen in my entire life. So, besides the traffic, what was the, what were the noticeable differences between that and any Mumbai and, and any place that you've seen? What were the, what were the sensations, and what were the? Um, well, I'll walk you through a few things, I guess. Sure. Um, I mean, like to my first, I'll kind of just tell some stories and uh, you'll get a picture of it, I think. Okay. Um, like my first day, when I first arrived, I met some German backpackers at my hostel. And we all went to this uh, place called the Elephanta Caves. Um, and there's just these crazy monkeys everywhere. Um, <laughs> there's one monkey. So I had a little plastic bag that had, I had like a, some kind of Indian junk food, like a snack bag. And it was opened. I guess he smelled it and he just like ran at my bag. I had to lift it up and get away from this monkey. 
Uh, I got it away from him. But then this other monkey attacks, and he gets the bag, and I lift it up, but he's still holding on to this plastic bag. <laughs> he rips up, he rips a hole at the bottom of the bag, grabs the little snack thing, and runs away. Oh. And I'm just like, clever girl. <laughs> um, uh, the Jurassic Park reference. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> um, mm. What was really crazy though was the the Indians kept wanting to take pictures with us because we're white. It's like they hadn't, I don't know, it was really weird to me, but it was like, oh, I haven't seen a white person before. Wow. Uh, I want to show my friends I found a white person or something. It was weird to me because I'm thinking, you know, there's got to be, I'm not the first white person to come to Mumbai, yeah. but I guess like the people there weren't from Mumbai. They were also visiting and maybe they hadn't seen so many white people. So we would constantly get asked to take pictures with people. It wow. was It was really weird. Um, you, you and this group of German tourists. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really really weird because you never in the U.S. you would never you know walk up to an Indian guy and say hey can I take a picture with you <laughs> you look different than me um, yeah it's so it's, different it's so different yeah um, that was the first day um, you know the next day um, okay I guess one thing that was crazy was trying to get a SIM card here and. Um, normally most countries I've been in, you just can buy a SIM card, pop it in your phone and you're good to go. But here it's like an application process. I had to get a passport style picture taken, submit it, um, give them my passport also. And I had to have an Indian person. Luckily I had this, uh, a friend of a friend was with me that day and she co-signed for me. Um, but it's this whole process as I guess they're trying to prevent terrorism. I, I think they've had incidents where, like terrorists have used SMS to detonate uh, bombs and these kind of things. So wow. uh, they're super strict about how you're granted a SIM card. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, what about other technologies? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's, there's always other ways or whatever, but you know, SIM cards are kind of guarded. <laughs> wow. Um, uh. Well, let's see what else. I'll, I'll just kind of speed through a few different stories. I went out that night. I, I met some people through couch surfing and I went out uh -huh. that night with them. And this was actually, it felt like I was just in the U S at this point. Cause I was in this loud bar. That wouldn't have been my first choice, but I ended up as fate to have it. Uh, come on, bird, chill out. <laughs> um, Throw something and, at it. <laughs> it's too far away to like attack, but he's too close to, to not here. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we ended up going to this um, really loud bar, and then they were like, oh, let's relocate. And I was like, yeah, we can do that. But nope, we went relocated to a club. Well, um, well let me ask you. Who, who It was called Club Orgy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> who were who these people? Who did they? Who are these people that you met up with wind up being? I just posted something on Couchsurfing and said, hey, I'm in Mumbai. I'm new here. Who wants to hang out? Uh, this girl named Joanne um, responded, uh, and she – I was like a bunch of her friends – uh, she was, she's actually living out here and she has a bunch of friends like through work and it was one of their birthday parties. So it was a mixed group actually of Indians and, uh, foreigners that were now living in India. Okay. Uh, and so that was cool. Um, was that the picture that you showed me of, uh, the people getting in the car? No, no, no. So, okay. Uh, so I don't want to jump around too much, but sure. Yeah. Well, I can go, I'll go forward. So the next day, I went to a different couch surfing thing. It was an event. Someone posted basically just go and having tea. And at this event, I met some. It was actually mostly locals, but there was also um, this girl Samara who 
is from New Zealand, and she was on a similar path to me. She also just arrived in Mumbai and was heading towards Goa, which is where I wanted to go. Um, so actually, she and I ended up traveling together um, for the past few, like maybe the past week or so. Um, we went to another couch surfing event the next day. Um, so uh, that night we took a train and this guy named Arindam uh, picked us up and we stayed at his place and it was a day trip basically is what we did. Uh, there were 10 of us, uh, eight Indians and us, uh, two travelers, white people. And, um, mm-hmm. the 10 of us in two cars went on a day trip to this place called Kas Valley. And so we woke up at like five 30 in the morning and we didn't get back till, I don't know, probably two or three in the morning. Uh, this five hour drive there, like a five hour drive back mm-hmm. plus the stops. Um, yeah. So there's tons of pictures actually from that. You've probably seen, um, that was really, really cool. Even just the drive there. So five hour drive was, couldn't have been more interesting because I'm just talking to, you know, a bunch of locals and try, getting to know, we had a, philosophical conversations. Um, right. We talked about uh, just cultural differences and um, we ended up meditating when we finally got out there. Wow. Uh, one of the girls like led a kind of breathing exercise um, and progressive calming of yourself. Uh, I found that to be really cool. So, um, yeah. So the, so paint the picture. So you met a friend, you met somebody on couch surfing joined a bunch of locals and went on this trip with people you basically don't really know. You met. Yeah. Something like that. And you, well, I met Samara the day before at a tea, a tea trail. That tea trip. event. And then you're, and the next day you, we joined with a different group of people. You go on the for trip. Day trip. Okay. Yeah. So day trip, uh, you go, you go to the cost Valley, your meditation, you're meditating. And with yeah. all these people, it's beautiful. Just there's met. green everywhere. There's flowers. The, the flowers were blooming. It's only for like two weeks of the year because the monsoon season is like just coming to an end now. And this is the one time of the year when those flowers bloom. So there's these beautiful purple flowers all around. Um, it was really cool actually this moment where I'm out there and I'm thinking, wow, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just – everything felt so right as I was like, uh, here I am uh, in this beautiful place meeting interesting people, experiencing the world. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow, it's got to be a, it's got to be a pretty good feeling. Yeah, yeah, that was it was really really good. Um, so so you were there for how long? A day? That was a day trip to the Cost Valley, mm-hmm. um, and then we came back you know really late that night, um, and we were gonna the next day head back to Mumbai. So we were staying at this guy, Arindam's place. He's the guy who organized the day trip, and we also were crashing at his place. Uh, he lived kind of on the outskirts of Mumbai. Um, so after the day trip, we stayed at his place that night one more t- a second time, and as we stayed with him the night before the trip and the night after, we were going to go back, but Samara actually got sick uh, the next day. And who knows, maybe it was something she ate or uh, she got some water, swallowed some water, who knows. Um, but uh, she got sick, and so she, we kind of hung around. Uh, she actually got worse that night, and we had to take her to the hospital. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, in Indian hospitals, that was an interesting experience also. Did the, um, Yeah. So walk, like, walk me through that. So you you took 
Arindum helped helps you take Arindum was like a really really awesome host actually he um he really went above and beyond what a couch surfing host is supposed to do and he kind of helped that he he drove us to the hospital and he helped us navigate through the whole process and um really kind of really was essential I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have him to help guide us really um but you know so we, when you get to the emergency room the waiting room's outside um, and when you walk in, it's, you have to like still take your shoes off when you walk in. It's, it's interesting. Wow. Um, and then, you know, when she finally, when she got administered to like her room or whatnot, um, they, the nurses don't bring you the things you need. Um, like what they'll do is they'll write a prescription for everything. I'm talking about IV bags, syringes, even gloves. They write you a prescription and then you, you know, Luckily, she had people like you know me and Arindum. We would have to take the prescription. We would go down and to the pharmacy, have to pick up those things and bring them back up to the nurses. Uh, you know, bringing the nurses the IVs and syringes and gloves and everything. And then they um, would then they would take care of the patient. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what you would do if you didn't have a friend or a relative or someone with you. Wow. You know, I don't know what you do if you're by yourself. Huh. Um, but. Um, so that was the whole, there's a lot of interesting stuff about this. And actually Samara got kind of bit up while she was in the hospital. So we're wondering, like, she had bed bugs there. Oh, you know? pro- uh, probably. Yeah. Hope, yeah. Hopefully that's all it was. Yeah. So yeah, it's not necessarily up to the same, uh, standards, you know, as a U.S. hospital. Um, yeah. But, and also like they try to put things in the prescription that you didn't necessarily need. So you'd have to, um, so ask them what all the things were and make sure that we weren't just adding extra stuff. Oh, uh, really? Um, so anyway, she got better the next day, though, mm-hmm. luckily. Um, and although we both have still had this, like, nasty cough and stuff. I had a runny nose and a cough. That's getting better now. But uh, we've both been kind of not completely healthy. But, you know, I guess it's part of it, right? Is it <laughs> – are you – are you pretty sure it's just a cold or, or is, or is it you're up on your immunizations, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. I, I just got some, nothing, nothing major, small cold. Uh, I didn't even have a fever or anything. Um, you know, same thing. You catch a cough a couple of days at, back home. No oh, big deal. Okay. Um, but we took the train. Finally, we, uh, after spending like three or four nights, um, in that town, Vashi, where, where Arindam lived, which was longer than we ever intended to. We finally made it back to the main Mumbai. Um, and, uh, we, we had a weird experience where when we got to the train station, we're trying to buy tickets to Goa and these guy was, you know, trying to, it was, he was being helpful, but it was just kind of, he was offering us a ride back and all this stuff, but it was just sketchy because he was kind of following us around. And on one hand, you're like, maybe he's just trying to be nice and friendly. But on the other hand, you're like, nope, I've, got every single red flag going off right now. Right. It's one of those things where you just, I don't know. I was like, I don't know exactly what his scheme is or his game, but something feels wrong and you just got to follow your gut there. Um, so we kind of, he kept offering us, Hey, come on, let me take you. And said, no, 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 it's okay. Um, we'll we'll be okay. We'll find someone else. Yeah. That sounds like a smart move to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but we got asked to be in a Bollywood movie actually. 
yeah. we were checking into our hostel and this guy was like, hey, do you guys want to be extras? They want, you know, they need extras in the background that, that are white or look like foreigners and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the, so the, what we would get is we get, it'd be a whole day, 7 a.m. to like 6 p.m. We get our meals and uh, 500 rupees, which is like, I don't know, less than $10. <laughs> but it goes far here though. Um, but it would have been a cool experience. So we said, okay, we'll do it. Um, which would have been sweet, except the next day when we were going to do it, the actor got sick apparently. So didn't actually get to be a, a Bollywood star. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but that hostel we stayed in, it was, it was cheap, but it was like really, really basic and wasn't very clean. Um, which is, I guess what you get sometimes. Yeah. Um, we got caught in like a torrential downpour. Um, it's still kind of monsoon season. We got drenched. Like I looked like I jumped in a pool, um, at one point. Um, so let's see what else happened. Um, so the next day when we were supposed to be in a Bollywood movie, instead of we hung out with the other people who were supposed to be in a Bollywood movie, these Australians, um, actually one guy was originally Irish, but, um, we ended up going on a tour of the slums, which was really, really interesting. Um, I had mixed feelings about it at first. Like cause I was, when you saw it or about going in general? About going. Um, I felt weird in that, you know, it's weird. I'm going to pay somebody money so I can go look at these people like it's a fucking zoo or something, you know? Right. It, that is it, really was, weird. it was kind of weird um, to me. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I really ought to. I really ought to experience this understand to just educate myself and understand what it's like. Um, but after looking into it more, we found the organization actually seemed pretty uh, good. So 80% of their profits go towards uh, things that like schools and things within the slums to help them out. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it seems like they're, they seem like a you know genuine good organization. Um, so I felt more comfortable with it and the guides were actually really, um, really good and everything was handled very well. Um, and so the slums are interesting, man. Um, well, yeah. What were your takeaways? What did, what did you I mean, see that opened your eyes or made you think differently or. So this, it's definitely really dirty, right? There's just piles of garbage and it, it's, um, the sanitary conditions are absolutely terrible. Uh, there's like, a bathroom for every thousand people or something crazy. I mean, there's a million people living in a 1.7 square kilometer uh, area. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. It's, are they, are there so bu- crowded? Are there buildings or is it just like, yeah, there's buildings and like the, the, the alleyways are so narrow. You can barely fit both shoulders in. It's just, you need to duck different parts. It's really, really wild. Um, been using the word a lot lately. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that part was like, wow. But at the same time, so another misconception is the slums is not, the slums are not where the poor people, the poorest people live, I should say. Uh, the, the poor people are like the street people, uh, the homeless that are kind of, when you're walking around Mumbai, they would kind of beg you for money and those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, the, the slums are above that. Like the slums wouldn't, the people in the slums have jobs um, and they kind of choose to live in there. Uh, they wouldn't even, they, they won't even accept someone off the streets to come take a job in the slums. Um, but they're doing things like they're recycling and they're building stuff. Um, it's like industry in there. And hmm. 
Um, and there's a sense of community in there. That was the other thing. Everyone seemed, and everyone seemed just happy. Like you'd walk by and all the children are just smiling and they're, they're saying hello. Hi. Um, well, do you think it it's really, because you were different or do you think it's because yeah, well, they were generally happy? No, it was definitely that we were different. They saw, you know, they saw some white people and they wanted to say hi to us. Hello. How are you? What's your name? They want to use their English and all this stuff. Um, right. But they seemed genuinely happy. You know, the children just seemed really happy running around. They're playing cricket in the streets. Um, it just, you know, they, they seemed happy in a way. Uh, um, I'm curious, do uh, the slums, is it is it a government dictated slums or is it are they still the, private buildings with pri- private apartments uh, that people pay for? And how the government that? owns the land, but the people own the houses. And what they're trying to do now is actually uh, tear down the houses and build high rises. So the government would like uh, pay people off or offer them a house in the high rise. Um, and if they, if a certain person, if they have an area they want to build a high rise in, if 70% of the people there agree, then yeah, they'll demolish those houses, build a high rise and give them a place to live there. Huh. Um, so yeah, it's government owned land, but people own the actual houses. Okay. Um, but yeah, the slums were, it was a really interesting thing to see. Um, but you know, another interesting thing is that was the one place where nobody asked me for money. Really? I was walking through the streets of Mumbai. Everywhere you go, people are just kids, little children. You feel terrible, and I don't completely know yet how to handle it. But you know, they're asking you for help um, in the slums, and not one person um, is asking you for anything. Right. So, so that can give you, I guess, some, I guess, some perspective on it. I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I, d- I definitely does. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was, so that you, was Mumbai. So you let, so you, after your trip to the slums, you, you, you completely left and, and went to. Yeah. We took an overnight train Goa. to Goa, which is cool. You get a little bed thing you sleep on, um, on the trains here, there's different classes of tickets you can buy. So we bought a class two air conditioned ticket. There's maybe like six different levels. Um, but class two, it gives you more space and yada, yada. You get a bed. But there, there's different ones you can do. So we decided that class um, for what it's worth. Okay. Um, but then we arrived in Goa. Uh, we're actually in the northernmost beach in Goa called Arambol. Um, I don't know if it's pronounced Arambol, Arambol. I should figure that out. Um, <laughs> and We'll do some research. Yeah. Um, been here. It's... I don't know, is it day three or four here? I'm not really sure. Um, kind of lose sense of time in this kind of place. Because I've just been hanging out on the beach, meeting, uh, actually, mostly, so for a while I was hanging out with a lot of locals. Like when I was in, um, in what was it, the town outside of Mumbai, Vashi. Okay. Uh, even you know, while Samara was in the hospital, I was still having interesting experiences there because I was hanging out with the locals and just having interesting conversations. Right. And here it's more like I'm hanging out with, um, other, uh, foreigners. Okay. Uh, so there's, you know, English people here. Is a lot of Israelis here actually. Really? Uh, yeah. Tons of Israelis here. Huh. Uh, and actually have, so they have Israeli food. Uh, you can get falafel here. Um, is it good? I didn't have the falafel. I had some other Israeli dish and it was really good. Um, um, but, 
that's a that's a great point. We need to you need to tell me about the foods you eat that are that... oh the foods. <laughs> yeah. oh, so the, I love the food here. It's all spicy. I don't know what any of it is. Well, <laughs> here's what you need to do: if you find something that you particularly like, you need to write it down, take a picture, and get the description of it so you can talk I about it. it. I want it. All I'll... looks the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I'm sure you will know soon enough, but you need to be, I would like you to be able to, you know, yeah. describe it to me and well, where thing is it's like everything I eat here. It's sort of like, I have no idea what this is, but it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been, it's always got, you always get naan and you always get some kind of curry like thing and rice maybe. Um, but it, sometimes it's just vegetables. I've had more vegetarian meals here than I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's chicken. Uh, actually surprisingly I had beef one day, someone, I was with a local and she ordered like a beef dish and I was like, really, you can do that here. Wow. Uh, um, that was weird. Huh. Um, but yeah, in general, I haven't really known what I'm eating, but I just eat it and it's delicious. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't pronounce any, I don't know what any, any things are anyway. These words I don't understand. Um, I just have someone order for me and I eat it. I ask the and do what I always do. I ask the waiter, Hey, what do you recommend? And they give me something. Wow. Um, um, and it's really cheap. It'll be like, you know, you, you can get meal. You can get a meal for under a dollar. Um, but maybe a good meal is going to be $3 or something. What? Um, okay. Super cheap. My hostel uh, right now, so we have a double room and it costs between two people um, 250 rupees a night. So 125 rupees is about $2. A night is what I'm paying for my wow. accommodation. And it's really nice. It's clean. Um, it's really close to the beach. Um, really good uh, accommodations. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, um, so, you, yeah. So, back to, so back to, uh, to Goa. So you're at, Goa, yeah. you're at the beach, you're exploring, you're, you're interacting with a lot of traveling people have there been yep. any interesting me- people that you've met here that are worth noting yeah i mean uh, the guy whose house i'm at right now this guy andy uh he's 39 he has a, a son they live here uh he is essentially doing what i want to do he has a business he runs from the uh internet um i don't know all the details of it yet i actually want to talk to him more about it because i think i could pick his brain a little bit um but he's doing it you know? Yeah. Uh, he has his son set up in an international school out here, which is also interesting to see. Like, oh, you know, you can get your children an education, not just settling down somewhere in the U.S. You can go anywhere. And, and maybe he's probably getting, in some ways, more educated than a lot of people because he's seeing parts of the world others might not see. Uh, others have his peers that are, if he's just in the U.S. Um, yeah, he's an American guy, this guy, Andy. Um, but. Um, yeah, let's see. There are all kinds of interesting people. And we, we went yesterday on the scooter kind of tour and we just drove around. Um, yeah, I'm really just, I guess I've just been relaxing the past few days, mostly, uh, hanging out at the beach and just sitting some days I'm just sitting down at a, you know, they have these beach front restaurants it's actually the off season here right now. Is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. In a few months, it gets really um, a lot more crowded and a lot more people. Apparently, though, it's it's crowded, but what I've heard is it's a cool community. 
uh, people, and it's a really a fun place to be. So I might actually come back in a few months and see what it's like then. Um, because it, w- won't it be, you know, won't the weather be getting nicer and clearing up? And the weather's great now. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit rain still, but the weather, what's gonna, well, what happens is it'll be like winter time. So people from other places want to get away from the winter will come to Goa, and that's when it, the the high season is, I guess. Right. And it'll be. The, and there's going to be like a music festival in December called Sunburn. Huh. Um, <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, but I kind of like, it's cool now. I kind of like staying, seeing it this way as well. Cause I get to have both experiences. Maybe, um, there's something to say for being in the quieter part of it. I gotcha. Um, yeah. What? So, so you're there. You right now. Your your vacation. You don't really have any good plans. It sounds like right now. Do you where? Where do you see yourself? In, <coughs> what do you see yourself doing the next few days? Um, I don't know. Hanging out, relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now let I destinations I want to go to soon. Um, <coughs> excuse me. My cough is still not completely healed. Um. So there's another kind of beach place south of here um, called Gokarna, and there's a place called Hampi where there's all these ancient um, sort of temples and things like that to see. Mm-hmm. That looks really fascinating on the pictures I saw. Um, so I have a vague idea of other places I'd like to go next, yeah. but I'm not in any rush. I'm kind of – right now I'm kind of at a point – you know, I was in Mumbai in a big city just doing things all the time, seeing stuff. I'm in a phase right now. I'm just, I want to relax for a little bit. Um, I'm enjoying it here. Uh, We'll see how I feel in a few days. Okay. Uh, But yeah. That sounds great. How long has this been? Like an hour so far? Um, Right now, hit an hour mark right now. All right. That's probably about what we want, right? Yep. About an hour. And you know what? I think we're probably going to have to cut it up and maybe even make it into multiple episodes. I think it makes sense. Uh, but, you want to call this? Um, no, I have a couple more questions and then we can definitely call it, but, uh, okay. um, what, I have a couple of, in- <laughs> we can also do some, you know, we have other episodes we can do. This was, it sounds like this one's packed. No, this, this one's packed. <laughs> no, it sounds like a great episode. Maybe, maybe we'll formally, formally say goodbye and. And, we uh, can still talk. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't we end the recorded part and then we'll have another, maybe have another uh, podcast in a week or something. Okay. That sounds great. Well, um, <laughs> well, good luck in your journeys and, and take a lot of pictures and, you know, if anything, if anything piques your interest, be sure to take note and I'll we'll catch up with you next week. Sweet. All right, buddy. I miss you. Yes, you too. Kisses. <laughs> Schmoochies. <laughs> See ya. All right, later, dude. All right.